Welcome to Witch Witch Podcast. I'm Galena. I'm Lyra. Welcome to the darkness. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to go ahead and get shoutouts out of the way. I can't actually see the screen. Do you want to read through them? Sure. We have Gia Lotus, Mad Witch, Free Gamble, Autumn. Wait, I want to do this next one. It's Raise a Glass to Freedom. <laughs> Casey. And Brandy. Is that everybody? I feel like we missed somebody. Well, there are a few people who wanted us to use their their names That's instead of their... Because the list looked so much longer before I went through and edited that. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but there's not really um, new... I've just jumped into that like we were already talking about this. There's not really any new um, news on the giveaway. We're just going to restate the, the rules probably I think yeah yeah um so you must be 18 or older to enter uh you have to be following us on one of our social media platforms and uh you have to direct messages yeah you have to direct message us letting us know that you are interested then and make a post tagging us yes other than that we're really excited we've had a lot of entries so far yeah it's been great <laughs> um I'm really excited to send out this stuff actually am making sure everything's positively charged before it goes out yeah um and we're going to do like a little i guess promo video for the <laughs> for the giveaway that's all we're saying about it right now <laughs> and we're going to show you guys a few of the items that you'll be receiving not all of them because we want there to be some sort of mystery to it yeah. now once we do announce it and we ship it out we might show everything or we might wait until the person gets it and then show pictures of everything that we yeah. sent out I think that's a good idea now as far as it being for people who are over 18 and older I just wanted to clarify that it's not that we have anything against anybody under 18 Right. I honestly wish I could send each of you a witch kit <laughs> however if I were a parent and someone sent my child religious propaganda or... Any, any religious item without my express permission. <laughs> paraphernalia. Yeah, it would be... I'd be very upset. Yes. Um, and I rightfully so, I think. I think it would be more charged being witchy supplies, you know? Yeah, right. Especially considering a lot of us come from a Christian background. Yeah, so and that, honestly, it's for your protection and ours. Yeah. Because at 16 or 17, if I would gotten a whole box of candles and... and like a tarot deck and <laughs> stuff like that. I'm, I'm pretty sure my mom would have freaked out. Oh, yeah. I mean, I honestly think less so our mother and more so our father would have oh, just Oh, he would have lost his shit. Everything. Didn't he... No, okay. I know he got rid of the first Ouija board you ever bought but did he actually burn it because i know he talked he about talked it. about burning it i don't know if he actually burned he it or just not it he also got really upset when i got my first set of tarot cards yeah because they were a gift from somebody and he got really really upset about them so but that's that's the kind of stuff we want to avoid we don't want parents to contact us being like why are you sending creepy witchcraft stuff to <laughs> or, my child or i don't want to get sued or yeah <laughs> or go to jail for <laughs> i could you go to jail i don't know i don't i have so. anxiety leave me alone <laughs> uh but that's yeah that's our reasoning behind all that so i apologize i wish we could send you stuff we just can't yeah 
Now, another thing I didn't think of is across country lines. If it is somebody who is outside of the United States, we may have to look into what we can and can't send oh, that's true. across borders. Because there is some incense and possibly herbs that we were going to send. So if you live across country lines, we're going to have to look into it. I don't know if we can send you Everything all of that stuff. So if it happens like that, we may take a drawing like a second drawing for the stuff that doesn't get shipped. yeah for the stuff that can't that can't go international that's a really good idea this is the first time we're discussing this. i know <laughs> I well i talked with somebody about <laughs> about stuff i actually talked with uh, mother of legion about oh. stuff going across uh, country lines and through customs and i was like hmm if it's somebody who is international we may have to adjust what they're getting yeah so that's that's a good point to bring up yeah I think that's everything with the giveaway though yeah i think so any other news we need to bring up um i'd like to issue a formal apology for how spotty we've been we've been with our daily tarot card posts <laughs> um <laughs> for the most part the the month's been pretty busy um galena and nettle work in a uh, call center that is that gets kind of busy around this time of year. I work in retail that gets pretty busy around this time of year. And uh, Sage also works in a call center that gets pretty busy around this time of year. See, honestly, that would be a valid excuse if all of us were doing it. Nettle is the only one who's consistently... It's because she's better than us. I know. It's because she has her shit together. She's just, she's just better. She's, she's a, a better person. person. It's true. It's It's horribly, horribly true. Um, but we're, we're trying to get our schedule back on track. Um, I think we've posted cards consecutively for two or three days now. <laughs> I think it's mine tomorrow. I'm not I sure. I think you're right. Cause I think I did mine today. Did you do yours today? I don't know. Time's not real. <laughs> Kinds of, time's a fucking construct. <laughs> I don't remember when I posted the card, like at what point. And I've been up since 6am because people hate retail workers on Black Friday and want to oh. make them be oh, everywhere at once. So, Oh, I also made Lyra super angry earlier when I told her that I was being paid to be off today. Oh my god, because I, okay, I can only speak for my company. We don't get paid for Black Friday. We don't get paid like holiday, like the no, time and a half. No, you should definitely get time and a half you for that. You should, because it's the worst day. Actually, honestly, my store's not that bad. Our big sales on Thanksgiving, which I also worked. Which I you should have. Did you get holiday pay? I did pay? get holiday pay. Oh, that, yeah. congrats. Yeah, that was my longer shift, so that's nice. Um, and I was also supposed to cover, like, up until, what, like, two hours ago today after Jesus working. Jesus Christ, like, are you serious? Yeah, I was supposed to. Um but that, that shift got cut for some reason or another. Thank goodness. Yeah, I'm pretty glad. Because I'm going to tell you, I enjoyed just laying in bed. <laughs> before I left the Doing store, nothing today. Before I left the store, I was talking about it. And I was like, I'm really, really glad that other store didn't need me today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but though I didn't get to see one of, uh, one of my coworkers that I really like. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was rambling for a few minutes. <laughs> Is there anything else that we should actually discuss? Uh, I was just going to kind of talk about the mood we've got going on in here. Oh, uh, we've got a, a Himalayan salt lamp, which honestly I don't believe in any of the, the airs now ionized stuff. No. But it is a very, very nice 
mood light. It sets the mood and salt's purifying, as we all know. Mm-hmm. So at least in a spiritual sense, it's clean yeah. the air. Spiritually, yes, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as like affecting asthma, no, I don't believe that. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. <laughs> we have a humidifier going because we've turned on our dry heat and everybody was dying. Yes. Of dried nasal passages. And then we also have our two little kittens are sick right now. They've got kitty colds. Kitty colds! But Bast is curled up on the dog bed next to us, just basking in the, um... The ionized glow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ionized glow. Holy shit. No. But in the, in the really pretty, like... Because it, it casts like a reddish pink light, so it's very, very easy on the eyes. Mm-hmm. It's super calming. I think Freya is somewhere over there on the heating pad. Actually, now that, now that we're talking about it, we have the TV like muted in the background. We usually have the TV like on but <laughs> muted in the background, just so you guys know. But since we have this nice mood lighting, I'm just going to turn it off. I mentioned it because I wasn't sure if it would... Because one of our old TVs would turn the sound on for like a half second before mm. it turned off. I was just worried it would be like, blah, 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 for, like <laughs> for like half a second on the podcast. But no, I just I want to let you people. guys know what the uh, the atmosphere was like in here. So it's a very nice, very calming, mm-hmm. very it's lovely. We're on the floor too, which I don't know why that's important to me to mention. But... <laughs> well, we're on the floor because I threw my back out this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun. Yeah, I um I don't know if you guys are familiar with fat noises, but like. <laughs> When you get to a certain size, when you get up and down, sometimes you make a noise like a, uh, or whatever. Sometimes it's even just a certain age. Yeah, that's true. But you make noises when you get up and down. No matter what position I'm in, I've been making that and horrible noises <laughs> getting up and down. Earlier, I climbed Lyra like a ladder. That's true. <laughs> so, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, all of the heating pads and horrible heat stuff that I've been putting on my back is working, <laughs> which it is better. Yeah. I'm not as... I know you're, you're a lot more mobile than you were. Yeah. You drove today. I know. <laughs> well, technically I drove the other couple days. Oh yeah, that's true. That sucked, but I did it. It it hurt to press my foot down on the accelerator. Oh my gosh. I know earlier you couldn't hold that bag of candy, <laughs> which definitely weighs less, than a, weighs less than a pound, but I figured it was the positioning of it your was. arm. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, it was making my hip tilt. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a, I'm a like, decrepit old lady who is just hurting. <laughs> Dying slowly. I am. I am. Like, guys, once you hit 25, I'm so sorry. It is just a slow fucking decline until death. <laughs> you, you good. Yeah, yeah. Switching to sitting was a bad idea. <sighs> All right, but uh, let's move on to our next segment. Yeah, our next segment. As promised, I did do... Well, not did do. I completed Green Witchcraft, Folk Magic, Fairy Lore, and Herbcraft by Ann Mora. And this is my book review. <laughs> now... <laughs> If you do invest in this book, keep in mind that this was written in the mid-90s, and unfortunately this book does fall victim to a lot of the tropes of the mid-90s. The very beginning of the book is like a weird mix of a scholar, scholar, 
scholarly scholarly scholar i can't even say it after he said it a, a, a report mixed in with some personal views and referring to scott cunningham's writings and and gardner and that things like that everywhere. he is everywhere honestly his like herb book yeah is really good i know that's still like toted as the the end all be all of herb guides at least for me well i mean everywhere online talks about everywhere places online talk about that everyone it's so hot right now is it cunningham yeah cunningham okay because i always call him something else i have no idea what you call him i always say the wrong name and you're like uh cunningham anyway that doesn't matter i think you call him something gardener no, I don't. I call him something that starts with a C, but I don't remember what the name I usually use. Probably Cunt Ham. No. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not something to make fun of him. Oh, okay. my dick. Uh, no, I was just going to quote Mugatu again, but let's let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. I'm sorry, Zoolander is one of the best horrible still movies relevant. ever made. It is still relevant. <laughs> of course, Jacobim. <laughs> um... But once you get past all of that and you get past the author, I don't want to say stroking their own ego, but stroking their own ego, the book actually is a wealth of knowledge. It covers a lot of different things. Um, it actually does delve into some of the more unusual things that happen when you actually start practicing. Like... Once you start getting into practicing the craft, and I apologize, I thought it was just a whole bunch of rustling noises. I switched to laying down because sitting up was horrible. Um, sometimes you'll get sent things from sources that you can't explain. Like you may get visions. You may start having intense dreams. You, you know, if you start doing divination, sometimes, you know, it'll... You know, it's one day you look in a cup of tea leaves and you're like, that looks like splotches. Then the next day you look at it and you're like, oh, that looks like a goddamn fish. And I know what that means just out of nowhere. <laughs> she explains that as once you start reaching out to a deity, a force, um, the elements, the earth, it'll start answering back. And it's one of those things that... You have to take it in stride. Because if you start saying, oh God, this is crazy. Chances are either they won't really respond to you anymore. Or your mind will write it off as you being insane. And then you don't pay attention to the messages you're getting anymore. Well, I mean, I'm sure that's also very rude. You know, it's like if somebody... If you were reaching out to somebody for, like, art lessons, and they mm -hmm. were teaching you how to draw, and you're like, this is a crazy-ass way to draw, they'd be like, <laughs> alright, we're done. Well, I'm not going to teach you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, she also has some strange views. Um, she states, and I don't know, somebody reach out and tell me if my views just skewed, but thanking your deity or whoever is talking to you she said they don't like to be thanked because they're acknowledging you as part of the the divine when reaching out to you so i don't know i kind of disagree with that because i do like to leave offerings yeah um i do like to you know pour out a libation if we're drinking 
or you know leave, leave leave an offering and say my thanks because I feel like that's important to thank them for taking time out of whatever they were doing you know running the world making sure that we don't spin off and fly off into space <coughs> <coughs> but you know <laughs> just making sure that you're acknowledging and thanking whatever you're reaching out to I, I feel like that's important I'm so sorry for coughing a minute ago oh it's okay uh, but I want to say I also feel like if you are reaching out to deities, it would probably depend on the deity. Yeah, I'm sure the there's an established. Yeah. Um, also, if if a deity or or a force or element or something did happen to reach out to me, and um, they didn't want to be thanked, I that's tough nuts. I I couldn't handle it. I can't, <laughs> I can't not. I already say I'm sorry so many times. <laughs> right. I, if one like directly reached out to me, I would be like the knights in Monty Python's Holy Grail. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I'm averting my eyes, oh lord. <laughs> you idiot, I'm talking directly to you. Obviously, I want to speak to you. <laughs> I'm also like 100% confident that without thinking, I would probably stare a magical entity right in its face and say tough nuts <laughs> so honestly I could see that <laughs> but I'm so sorry please continue with your, your book oh, review no it's fine um they did have a very uh she did have a very great section in her book on divination mm -hmm. uh she covered tea leaves uh, she covered tarot cards, which honestly, it was a three to four word condensation of the meaning of each card. I really like it, and I think I'm going to copy it and put it into my grim. Condensation. Condensing. Yeah. But does, because I mean, I guess condensation when it's like, it just water droplet is still condensation. Yeah, it's condensing. Like it's still condensing. Yeah, it's condensing a mass I, into like a droplet. I had to be an ass. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you always pick on my back, my to... vocabulary. Why do you do that? That wasn't even me picking on you. That was me working through my own understanding of the word in front of our listeners. It's like I'm sorry you don't have a good vocabulary. <laughs> don't pick on me for using mine. You facetious slut. Oh God. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Anyhow, let's just keep this fucking moving. <laughs> um, she also has a very nice guide to herbs and oils and candles. The only thing I have against her herb and oil guides are is that uh, most of the stuff is not easily accessible. Oh, yeah. It's one of those things. It's not like, you know, lavender, this, 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 and this. It's, it's stuff that I've never even heard of and I actually had to look up. Oh, really? Yeah. Anything specific? Because I'm just so curious. If not, we can do this after the I'm show. I'm trying to you remember one. Anything. It was like, yeah, I didn't write down any of them, so I apologize. No, I'll have fine. to look it up in the book. I'm confident you weren't expecting that question. I wasn't. <laughs> um, she has very great and wide list of rituals. And I really liked it because they do cover just a bare frame of... This is how you open your circle. This is how you should set up your altar and stuff like that. Now, honestly, I'm a firm believer in it is your fucking craft. Yeah. You don't have to follow this this recipe. But for those of us who need, you know, maybe an outline, it is a great wealth of knowledge in that respect. Um, 
she covered pretty much everything I can think of. She gave one basic ritual set up, you know, how to call the corners if you want to call the corners, how to cast your circle, how to consecrate your tools, how to cleanse, do everything like that. She even explained, you know, how to pick out a besom and stuff like that. Um, and then she moved on telling you that, you know, this basic ritual you can expand to big rites. You can do it for, she even included things that I didn't even think about, like um, initiations, mm-hmm. um, self-dedications, rededication if you've been away from the craft and come back. Um, I think we should do something like that. I've been thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, she covered wickenings or introductions of infants to the coven like say you know one of your coven members has a baby and you want to not necessarily dedicate them but introduce them to your deity she covers that how to you know a brief overview of how to do that uh she covers like rites of passage and naming ceremonies which sometimes especially in wiccan circles yeah and sometimes in you know, in covens, when you join the coven or when you become a witch, you choose a magical name and your working name and things like that. And it was just really cool that I thought that she included all of this. That is pretty cool. She also covered marriages, like how to do hand fastings and things like that. And then divorces too. How, you know, if two coven members get a divorce, you want to officially dissolve the marriage within the coven after the legal, the legal paperwork's finished. Um, she also covered death rituals or, you know, passage into the Summerland or crossing the bridge to the the world of, of the dead. And I thought that was really nice because I would have never thought to include that <laughs> in a book. But then again, I'm not writing a book, so. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and then she also covered, you know, what the tr- traditional each holiday is. So this, I think, honestly, for our beginners, this book is a great wealth. That's a good one. That's a good. That's a good. It's one. One good. One good. Anyway. One singular good. And she also has references for other books that, you know, we've we've actually talked about kind of, you know, like the Cunningham books and stuff like yeah. that, which, like I said, I think they're a good basis, especially if you want a Wiccan slanted or a kind of like where I walk. Um, maybe some Wiccan values, but without actually being a Wiccan. Yeah. Because I do believe that their morality is pretty good. I like the you don't harm anyone. Yeah, no, I love that. morality. Um, but it, it's really good. I think if you're looking for something that encompasses just a a structure of what you want to practice, this book is good for that. And um, I can't remember if it was this book or another book we were talking about, but was this the one with, where it was kind of rigid, like the way she outlines things or was that a different author that was this one sorry (laughs) no that was part of the beginning yeah because I really couldn't get into it yeah for a while and then I I realized I just scratched I apologize oh no you're fine you guys might hear that (laughs) um but once once she actually got into talking about the rituals and stuff like that you could tell that that's where her expertise actually lied. And I feel like maybe she was just trying to be like, listen, this is why I'm an authority on this. And that that's kind of why the beginning was a little, a okay. little strange and that over overreaching. 
And I mean, obviously I haven't read this book. I actually have read none of the books and done none of the book <laughs> book reviews. I do the least work, curse the most, and am the biggest asshole. <laughs> so anyhow. Uh, but with any of the books, I would probably suggest to anybody that does read along uh, with our suggestions, everything, take everything with a grain of salt, personalize it as much as you want. Yes. That was another thing I was going to say. Thank I'm you. I'm so sorry. Well, no, I'd forgotten until you said that. With all of the rituals, it does have a lot <clears throat> to them. I'm coffee today. Excuse me. You can take anything away from it you want to. You can customize it. You can cut it. If you just want to use, like, the basic outline and none of her wording, which I probably wouldn't use her wording, because she uses a lot of the awkward... Um, I'm going to make this sound as Catholic as I can wording. Oh, like the, the fake old English sort <laughs> yes, of? Yes. Yeah. That's the only thing I really didn't like about it. Oh but God. I liked the structure of the rituals. So that's... I'm sorry. I saw one of our cats approach the doorway <laughs> and knew she was going to start clawing, so I paused. Um, uh, but no, that's that's good. And it, as long as it has a nice um, beginning structure, that's always a good idea. But yeah, no. Even within the book, too, she mentions, you know, you don't have to do any of this. Right. You can do that's some good. of this. Make it your own. She actually suggests that you don't use her, her rituals exactly because if you don't at least add something of your own to it, then it's not going to be personal enough and you're not really going to achieve what you're wanting to achieve. Oh, good. I really like that. But no, I really liked this book for those reasons. Um, is this the kind of book for me to read or should I just cherry pick through it? I think you should just cherry pick through yeah. it. You um, know me, so I figured... Or if I copy down stuff, maybe read what I copied down. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know you. Yeah. <laughs> Any last thoughts on the book? Um, Check it out. It... I believe was about six ninety nine on the Kindle store for uh, US Amazon. It I think it was about ten or twelve dollars to order US dollars international. I apologize, I don't know. <laughs> um, definitely check sites that sell used copies because I don't think this is something. As long as you know the book's still together and you've got all the pages, I think you're fine. Because a lot of this, the stuff you're going to use is going to be something that you're going to transcribe maybe into your grim and stuff that you're going to rewrite or change anyway. So I don't think the condition of the book is really important. Yeah. All right, cool. That's a, that's a terrible way to wrap up a segment. Segway. All right, cool. <laughs> Segway into fiber crafts. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, so I am going to talk about fiber craft and magic. Um, we're actually going to do this in like a series about Fibercraft. Today I'm going to talk about a little bit of Knot Magic. Um, which I don't really know much about. Other I've, than like Celtic Knockwork. I've looked into it off and on. Um, and I just always assumed that there was a lot more to it. Like a lot a lot deeper uses and things like Well not, not deeper necessarily. Deeper but there uses. Was, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but that there was going to be more to Esoteric it. Esoteric uses. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, I thought there was going to be more to it than what I was reading up on. And um, I'm going to go ahead and apologize to everybody because all of our research is done on the internet or through books. 
So I'm pretty sure that's how all research is done. Shut your mouth. Um, I really expected that to be a shut the fuck your mouth. <laughs> uh, what the fuck was I even saying? Anyway, I thought there was going to be more to it than uh, what I was originally reading up on. And not, not so much. Um, not magic has a lot of uses, just like a lot of forms of magic. Um, obviously not magic is great for binding. I mean, that's just a no-brainer, <laughs> you know? Um, I personally uh, suggest, at least in, when I do not magic, which isn't too often since I thought I didn't know that much about it, uh, <laughs> I usually do either multiples of three or seven, just because of the the very common yeah. ideas about those numbers. Um <laughs> Sorry, she was making faces. Did you see that? Bast was making ridiculous faces. We had to giggle at her. Um, Not magic is considered very powerful for healing. Um, I actually read a testimonial uh, where a woman was talking about how she helped her dog. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this absolutely happened the exact way she's saying. Uh, and that this is a replacement for any sort of medical treatment. Oh, God, no. See a doctor. We're never saying that. See a doctor. Never supplement. Supplement your medical treatment. Yes. Supplement with magic. Um, but always, always make sure you're talking to a professional. Um, but she, uh, she was claiming that she'd been helping her dog with not magic. Um, because it had some sort of degenerative disc issue. Mm. Yeah, so she was nodding... Uh, a cord with the number of vertebrae down the dog's back which I think differs from breed to breed um, I don't know <laughs> uh, and untying and re-knotting the problem vertebrae in the knots um, to help realign them and that for a month or so at a time the dog was able to walk with less pain Oh, well, that's yeah. sweet intention goes a long way it absolutely does um and there's, oh crap, I don't remember what what it's called. Oh, the Herculean knot, mm-hmm. which is a type of square knot, I believe. I'm not wrong. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it was commonly tied over bandages because uh, it was believed to help wounds heal faster. So that's pretty freaking cool. Um, knot magic's commonly used to store magic. You know, like you'll put your intention and your purpose into the knot as you tie it or knots. And as you need that, you untie it to release it, which I think is super cool. Um, they can be tied uh, for a magical effect in perpetuity, kind of like a bottle spell, until okay. the magic runs out. Um, it's something that you can use in a lot of stuff. You can use it in jewelry, you can use it in clothing, uh, macrame in the home. Uh, I've actually been thinking for a long time about doing an ongoing macrame project on one of our walls. <laughs> where it's different knot formations for whatever we need in the house. Okay. Which I think would be nice. Um, sure the cats will love it. <laughs> uh, there's also a pretty common practice of continuously knotting and unknotting string or cord or whatever it is you're using. Uh, and you can chant or whatever to yourself. A lot of people also sing. Um, there's a There's a lot about singing magic into knots um but you can do it over and over again to make the effect stronger and that you can do that with braiding as well it doesn't just Mm -hmm. have to be knots 
Um, literally anything you cannot can be used for not magic. Like daisy chains and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, daisy chains and things like that are great for, uh, especially if you're doing something like uh, springy type of stuff, you know, like seeking out new love, things like that. Those are, those are really good uh, for that kind of spell. Um, hair is super commonly used. <laughs> um, it's also super commonly used for binding spells and curses. That makes sense. Hairs in combination with not magic, that is. Um, <laughs> somebody, because uh, I, I looked through a bunch of independent blog posts, because this is one of those things that's kind of, if it's not something that's written down in somebody's blog or in somebody's book or something like that, it's something that's handed down. Right. You know? Um, but somebody on one of the blogs I was reading was trying to contact the author because in their basement they found braided hair knotted at the end and nailed to their wall and it hadn't been there the week before. <gasps> yeah, so that's terrifying. Yeah, no. Uh, I might move. Yeah. So real quick, <laughs> um, to undo not magic. Um, to burn it. Yeah, burning's a really common way to undo the spell. Um, unknotting it is also considered a really easy way to undo it. If you can't get to whatever fiber has been knotted against you, um, the regular regimen, you know, Cleansing baths, um, an evil eye would probably help in this situation. Anything in mirror jewelry, you know, anything that'll help reflect intention. Um, uh, shielding spells, like, um, there's one that we read about recently about, uh, I don't remember what it was, but throwing something into a fire that creates a big cloud of black smoke to guard mm -hmm. someone's intentions away from you. Um, things like that, you know, protective jewelry, protective anything <laughs> just whatever you can think of to help break a, a regular kind of uh curse or ill will might work on this as well <laughs> um not magic's kind of considered hard to break out of though so it might take multiple tries multiple things to um, me it sounds like you'd really have to find that knot and burn it yeah i would say that's definitely it. the best way but i mean if it's somebody you don't know true so is like, it worse to untie it are you unleashing that on you or um, from, I mean, I would say that if there's anything stored, like if they have also stored more ill will against you within any of the knots and so whatever they've destroy knotted, it and not try to untangle well, it. It's a general consensus that you should try to unknot it, but I would okay. think that it would just unleash everything all at once. So think shit might get real heavy for a bit, but then it's over. you you know, you got through it. Like it's not going to be a continuous thing. That's just my take on it though. That's. That's not coming from any valid sources. <laughs> um, First off, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. Um, me no lying. <laughs> me no lying. <laughs> oh, um, braids in hair on your actual head are also, you can also not in braid intention. And, well, that's and, cool. Yeah. It's, it's, I know we talk about this a lot, but it's highly customizable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's for whatever you want. Uh and, you know, you can make some pretty neat jewelry just by making knot patterns and things. Yeah, you made some really cool barefoot sandals for me once. Yeah. Those are, like, my favorite things. Um, I also wanted to talk at least briefly about um, my phone just shut off and it's about to turn <laughs> on again. So I wanted to let everyone know that it's going to make 
that sound. I'm super close to the microphone too, so I apologize, guys, if I'm either <laughs> super loud or if you can hear it every time I open and close my mouth. <laughs> and um, I did have my notes on my phone, but uh, I'm going to have to double click the button on my iPad, which we're recording on, because I have to go to my notes on my iPad now because my phone shut off because the battery's <laughs> dying on me. You should have just sent them to me. I mean, I sure could have, but we're already here, so... <laughs> But that warning is just because uh, you might hear a click on the recording. Um, click. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so looking into not magic sent me down a rabbit hole that eventually led to dream catchers, kind of. Mm. Um, only vaguely. <laughs> uh, and I figured, since I'm talking about not magic anyway, this isn't dream catchers aren't really not magic. Let me be clear. I mean, there's nodding and there's magic, but, uh, and I mean, you could use not magic when making a dream catcher, but, but we're going to go into it, um, because here in the U.S. we recently had Thanksgiving, so I think it's a good idea to go over a big symbol of cultural appropriation in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, dream catchers are beautiful. I love them throughout childhood and teenage years. I've had multiple in the in in my bedroom um and there's lots of things that look very similar to a dream catcher that you can have and hang around your house that give you that sort of vibe that aren't the same sort of appropriation that a dream catcher is um and just for anybody out there who does own a dream catcher or wants to or has one and wants to continue owning one um now I'm I'm white so don't don't take my my opinion as law on any of this. Um, the general consensus seems to be as long as you buy it from an actual First Nations craftsman, uh, it's not like a p appropriation to just own it. But if you're buying them for like a dollar or two dollars from like a chain store or yeah. something like that, or for somebody who's very painfully white, yeah, and it, especially if it's like like a big store or something making money off of something that's not from their culture. Uh, that's, those are some big no-nos. If you're going to buy something that's culturally important, uh, especially to a minority culture that's suffered so much, um... Make sure they're at least profiting from it. Yeah, make sure it's at least going back to the people that, that it belongs to. Um, anywho, <laughs> we're going to move on from that a little bit. Uh, so I, I looked into the history of the Dreamcatcher a little bit. And um, actually, I'm going to really quick, I'm going to give my misconceptions because we're all, when we're younger, told that dream catchers catch bad dreams, hold them until morning, and then the dreams, the dissolve. bad dreams dissolve. Yeah. And then later, I was told that that's not true. And it symbolizes like family and unity and things like that. Turns out, through the research that I've done, it's kind of both. <laughs> um, and uh, don't get me wrong, if anyone out there knows better than me, like I said before, my research is mostly done on the internet. So if you have a correction, please let me know. Um, but anyhow, I'll, I'll just go right into the history. So a lot of people think that it comes from the uh, tribes that are commonly called the Sioux tribes, which are is not a, their name. Like, that's not what they call their tribes or their their. That's not nation. their names for themselves. Yeah. They have, like, the Lakota, the Dakota, and the Nakota. Um, the Sioux is, a, Sioux is a French name given mm. to them by French colonizers. Um, 
but historians tend to think, and I don't know if these are all white historians or not. <laughs> um, Probably. His, historians uh, seem to think that it's more something that came to their culture through marriage and trade and things like that. It seems to have originated with what uh, the, the group that is commonly called the Chippewa, which is also not their name for themselves. <laughs> They're called the Ojibwe. I think I'm saying that right. I listened to uh, a man's voice <laughs> say it over and over again. If I'm saying it wrong still, I'm so sorry. Um, I have the actual name of it in a recording <laughs> that uh, I'm going to pull up real quick and play for you guys because I know I'm going to mess it up and I don't want to do that. So let me pull that up really quick. All right, it's kind of quiet, so I'm going to play that one more time. Now I'm just confident that I'm not going to be able to say that correctly. Good, good job. Is that what it sounded like? I think so. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to continue saying Dreamcatcher, so I don't say it incorrectly, though. Um, That's a good idea. Yeah, I figure. I was trying to get back to your, your notes. Okay, I'm sorry. well, that's... I mean, you just have to click on that. Yeah. Or it was on that. I'm sure this is riveting. riveting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, it, it wasn't pulled up in... Yes. Up. Yeah. All right. So that must have been very fun for listeners. Uh... But that's that's the actual name from the tribe for Dreamcatchers. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And it means um, spider. It's named for... I don't have the recording for this pulled up, so that's fun. Asi by Kasi? Kaasi? Because there's two A's. Um, I'm probably saying it wrong. I'll... Uh... <laughs> I'll try and link to the correct way it's pronounced because I, I got the pronunciation from um, the tribal like dictionary website. Mm. Um, so I'll, I'll post that on our Instagram later. Um, but she was a maternal spider spirit. Um, she was known for helping to bring the sun back to her people. And there's, I don't know if legend's the right word for it, but there's a story or instruction i don't know how to how to explain it um but there's a thing about uh being up before dawn as all people apparently should according to this um you got a lot of work to do i mean that's true (laughs) uh and watching the sun rise through like the dew drops on spider web and that's her bringing the sun back so it's very cool I say from what I remember, because I've I've heard this myth before, she casts her web out and catches the sun and draws it back to earth. Yeah, um, and that's part of of why the dreamcatcher is shaped the way it is. It's round to represent the sun, but also kind of a spider web. It's obviously got the um, middle pattern to resemble a, a spider web. Mm. Um, so if you do see them with shapes or words or something like that spelled out in them, they're not they're not true dreamcatchers anyway. Um, at least as far as I'm aware, I guess. Uh, but where she is a maternal figure, she's, uh, big for watching over children. Um, and she watched over the children of 
of the tribe, but as they spread out uh, over the lands of North America, um, it became harder and harder for her to reach every child born uh, to the people. And the dreamcatcher was hung over uh, the beds of newborns and small children so she could more easily protect them. And that's that's part of it. It uh, Her webs, I suppose, through these dream catchers uh, catch bad dreams so they don't enter the heads of the children. And they do, uh, by being exposed to the sun's light, dissolve. Um, and there's a the circle in the middle to allow good dreams through. That's so <clears throat> sweet. <laughs> it is. It's very nice. Uh, there's a few other names, by the way, for it um, that mean things like akin to a net or akin to a web. Um, but this this is the one I saw referred to most often. Uh, and the since it was used to give her access to people through uh, the different geological uh, locations, it does represent unity in the tribe as they spread out and as some of their cultures changed as they moved and were introduced to newer groups of people. They were still united as one people. Uh, through the the dream catcher and I think that's just such a lovely uh, idea it really is um, traditionally they are made of willow wood which is neat because that's a psychic wood yeah isn't that super cool <laughs> you get excited about things like that um, from what I've read uh, you can make it out of other natural materials but willow wood is traditional um, what I, I, one of the things I read is a very traditional uh, fiber for the the web part is uh, corn silk and things like that Ooh. so I think that's pretty cool or uh, probably corn fibers as well because I think that would probably be more pliable and easier to harvest um, than the actual silk because that breaks really easy <laughs> um, but as long as it's made of all natural materials um, and sacred items like uh, be uh, natural beads and feathers, things like that. So that's the the symbolism there is very heavily Native American or First Nations. Um, so if you are looking to have a decoration similar to uh, a dream catcher that has the same sort of feel, um, and you're not wanting to appropriate Native American culture, avoid those things. Um, I suggest, especially if you uh, have any sort of like Celtic background or anything like that. Bells are, are big in uh, old Celtic and like English cultures for magical uses. Uh, bits of ribbon, things like that would be fine, I'd imagine. Um, but once again, I, I, don't, I don't write the laws on this. <laughs> um, and of course, if there is someone out there who uh, is of Native American or First Nations descent uh, and disagrees with what I've been saying about having something similar to it not being offensive, definitely let us know. We will retract these statements. Um, this is just the general consensus I've found online. Uh, and I we've seen quite a few DIYs, the two of us, uh, that we're fairly interested in that have been very respectful of getting that sort of aesthetic without taking the cultural significance. Because mm -hmm. it's not supposed... Um, the one that we had watched, she talked about, you know, you could do, like, the looping lace work, but do not make anything that looks or resembles 
an actual dream catcher because that's very disrespectful to steal. Yeah. And um, if you are going to own one, make sure you do buy it from First Nations Craftsmen. I think I already said that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's good to say it again. Yeah, it bears repeating. Uh, because if, you, if you're going to have something of cultural significance, which in itself isn't necessarily bad, just make sure the proceeds from it are going back to the culture it comes from. Um, same thing with like moccasins, because I know those are, especially in fall, those are a big like fashion shoe. Mm -hmm. buy them from actual Native Americans or fa First uh, First Nations people because that's an absolutely unique uh, sort of shoe craftsmanship to the North American tribes and it definitely shouldn't be bought from like Forever 21 or something like that, yeah. you know? So just don't don't give big box brands money that could be going to marginalized people. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Um, but I think that's actually all I have on the Dreamcatcher. Uh, and, you know, it, it's one of those things. Um, cultural appropriation is something that we've all grown up with in the U.S. at the very least. And I'm sure everywhere else has it, too. Um, at least in some shape or form. And it's one of those things, as long as you try to be aware of it, or when someone makes you aware of it, you try to change your behavior and admit that you didn't know and you try to learn from it and move on, I think you're doing great. And it's, it's hard because I hate admitting that I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> Even if it's something stupid, I hate it. So it's, it's hard. So don't, don't be too hard on yourself if you make a mistake. Just try to learn from it and continue. All right, but before I just go off on a tangent about all of that again um like we do every time we talk about cultural <laughs> appropriation just about uh, i'm gonna go ahead and end this segment we're gonna move on uh what's your next next segment sea magic yeah that's right exciting and this is a segment on sea witchcraft and mermaid magic mermaid magic um, we actually had two or three actual requests for this. I felt like it was quite a few, and it, they all came at the same time, just about. One was Zombie of a Girl I Used to Know. The other two, I don't remember who they were, so I apologize. Um, this is something that actually is kind of close to my heart, because I know on a few other episodes I've talked about, oh, the sea is in my soul, and <laughs> things like that, but I'm a water sign, and I... Honestly, I am a water sign's water sign, I feel. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um, I am at home in the water anytime. You can ask Lyra. She's been swimming with me before. You can't get me out of the water usually. It's true. I will turn blue before I get out. Um, if I take a bath, I'm in there for a good hour, maybe longer. <laughs> taking just... A super long bath and it's just one of those things that I feel more at home in the water than I do anywhere else and just get me next to the next to a body of water and I'm instantly happier so I decided to look into this sources for this are very difficult I did use quite a few websites to cobble together some mermaid magic I will try to get a list of those together. Um, a lot of them 
listed some stuff that I don't really feel is correct or right. Um, some of them listed stuff like a person who has a soul of a mermaid is somebody with long hair. Or they have red <laughs> hair and green eyes. Or they have this and that and that. And I... Well, I mean, that's that's cutesy. And yes, that's how mermaids are sometimes represented in paintings. I don't know that a mermaid would only have red hair like a little mermaid. Right. I feel like a mermaid would probably look a lot more fish-like than what we would expect. Um, their hair would... You know, be something that could blend into the ocean. Like that, uh, what was it, the Discovery Channel or <laughs> Discovery or something like that did the mermaid documentary? Mm -hmm. and they had these real fishy looking mermaids and it was good. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like, I would expect her skin to look and have different shadings like a fish's would, even on her human parts. Mm -hmm. um, I would expect her hair to be greens and different shades of aqua so that you know she can actually blend her into her background probably even some wild colors like purple or something because look at like sea anemones and things like that it would all be about disguising so when you look into things like this especially when it's blog based research take it with a grain of salt um i also did get a book and it was, some of it was good, some of it was bad. A lot of it was about ocean conservation, which you can't That's go good. bad with that. A lot of times they would list this person's magic, and it was more of their work to preserve the ocean. So I understand that. I really wouldn't call that magic, per se. But, you know, they are doing their best to heal the ocean, so you can't really say, no, absolutely not. That's not magic. But And I mean, you can, you can weave magic into anything. You can. Uh, let's see here. That book's name. <laughs> We're real good on was the Was Mermaid there. Magic by Serene McConnell and Lucy Cavendish. They had a lot of quotes in it that I absolutely loved. Um, actually, it's one of my favorite quotes is by Jacques Cousteau and the quote is the sea once it casts its spell hold holds one in its net and it's a net of wonder forever that's really nice I love it I like dreamy quotes like that anyway <laughs> they state that mermaids are the intermediary inter intermediary yes <laughs> mermaids are the intermediary <laughs> Sorry. I can't read copy. I'm sorry. Our intermediaries between the human world and the great deep energies of the grandmother ocean. They keep the song of the waters. They call out to us to remind us that our great true mother and home of all life is the ocean. Which I found was to be really neat. That's. I think that's beautiful. Traditionally, mermaids in most cultures are seen as shapeshifters. And beings of transformation, which I think really works well with magic. Because uh, if you're calling a mermaid, you're really seeking to transform into your, something into your life or to change something in your life. Um, some goddesses and figures that are sometimes portrayed as mermaids are beings like the goddess, our goddess from ancient Syria. She is depicted as a woman sometimes. Sometimes she's depicted as a mermaid. 
I believe she's the first official mermaid that we have in history. Uh, her Greek counterpart is Derkato. And in Nigeria, Benin, and Brazil, the Yoruba, Yoruba people have Yemana. I apologize. Yemanja, or Yemanya, who is a mermaid goddess. Again, sometimes depicted as a woman, sometimes depicted as a, as a mermaid. Um, from Native America, there is, and I think their name is the Nicene or Nisan. Uh, they have the Hahope, or the water woman. Um, another Brazilian water goddess or woman who is also depicted as a mermaid is Yada or Moe das Aquas or the mother of waters. She's often depicted as part manatee or part river dolphin. I love that. Mm -hmm. Uh... There's also from Greek mythology and Greek history, because I don't know how accurate some of this is, because Alexander the Great's life has been blown up into <laughs> legend of its own. Yeah. But uh, Thessalonica, Nike, Nike, um, was said to have after she died turned into a mermaid. And she would swim up to ships and ask sailors, how fares the king? My brother, Alexander. And if you told her, home, oh, sorry, Alexander died, she'd usually pull you to your death or crash your ship. So most of the sailors would say, he fares well, he he fares well my lady, or the king as well. And she'd let them pass on without, without killing them. But if you let her know her brother's dead, she would wreak havoc like on a you lion bitch yeah, basically yeah, no one can kill alexander <laughs> i'm gonna sink your fucking ship <laughs> uh in scotland there's actually a couple different types of mermaid yeah uh freshwater mermaid is called the seasick i don't really have a lot of information about her but they live in lakes and rivers and things like that Another one is the mermaids from the Isle of Man, the Benvari, or Benvari, I did not have a pronunciation guide, so I apologize. Um, this one, they actually had a fun little story attached to it. Um, a little mermaid girl saw a human child with a doll and fell in love with it. I guess it's because, you know, we we love mermaid dolls because they have fins, but I'm I'm assuming that she was like, look at it, it has feet. So she stole it. And take it home to play with it. And her mother found her playing with this little human doll. And, you know, chewed her out. And made her return it. And give the little girl a strand of pearls as an apology. Which I thought was really cute. I think that's very sweet. It's, you know, very outside of the normal. <laughs> yeah, where mermaids are just super vicious or they're magical and grant wishes. Yeah. Because the uh, the one, the, the Native American one, the, the Hahope, she... Basically, two young Native women were walking along a river, and they saw a mermaid. And they were like, oh my goodness, it's a mermaid. And 
<laughs> one of them reached in to talk to her or to help her with something and the mermaid grabbed her arm and was trying to pull her underwater <laughs> and the other one freaked out and tried to pull her friend back to safety but the mermaid won because she was really strong and a supernatural being yeah i mean she's in her home turf she's in the and, water yeah and she drowned her friend so the other maiden ran back to the tribe told them all about it and then died a few days later because it affected her mind so badly shit yeah <laughs> So, mermaids aren't always shown as the nicest beings. A lot of times, they're very vicious. Yeah. I've oddly just had a thought on that that's definitely been said before as I'm thinking about it. Like, I know for a fact someone else has thought about this. Many people have thought about this. Are they, like, a warning for the dangers of water and drowning? Probably. Because like, they look beautiful and, mm -hmm. and fun and most... Well, it's like, like, selkies and kelpies, like, they're a beautiful woman until you get a hold of them and then and they... Yeah. Yeah. And they turn into a, a being that drowns you. So I think it is a lot of people just being scared of, you know, water they can't see the bottom of. Yeah. Anyhow, I'm so sorry to just no, derail. No, 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 it's fine. Um, a lot of mermaid magic and ocean magic kind of goes along with each other um you know it depends on the tide and rhythm of the ocean high tide is a good time to draw energy or to draw a person towards you which again our stance on love spells yeah is you know you can maybe make yourself more attractive yourself or more draw confident. intent yeah you can, and there are but don't of, direct it towards any one person. Exactly. There are plenty of spells out there to draw new love to you, but it's not specific to a person. It doesn't take away anyone's free will. Mm -hmm. that's, all, that's all we care about. <laughs> but high tide is also good for drawing love, drawing money, drawing power, or drawing the power of the tide inward to gain strength and power. Basically, when the tide comes in, you're drawing things to you because the water is coming towards you. That makes sense. As the tide goes out, you're wanting to banish, to rid, to wash clean or take away anything negative. Low tides, and that is when the water is most stable and calmest. That's the best time to work harmony magic and balancing magic. Um, for any mermaid or ocean magic, the consensus is to do it at a full moon. Which makes sense, because yeah. that's when the the tides and powers would be the strongest. When I figure the, this part of magic is just inevitably tied to the moon. Like, yeah. there's plenty you can do without Well, I think if you're a strong phases, water but, person, yeah. you're also a very strong, strongly tied moon person. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I would imagine. Um, if you're not able to work this during a full moon or a specific moon cycle, and it gives absolutely no explanation for this the best day to work your magic is on a monday huh. <laughs> it gives absolutely no reason for this either that's odd um but really the best like i said the best resources i've found for this were a few blogs i will try to go through and list them um let me see if i've still got them pulled up in my my history and failing that, I'm sure we can put something about them on our, our, insta our insta medias. <laughs> I'm sure we can. However, I usually don't do that for whatever reason because I'm an Social idiot. medias. Yeah, we don't really do that a whole lot. Which is we, we keep talking about doing more sourcing 
and we can really do that through like Instagram or Tumblr or something like that. Yeah, I don't know why we don't do more of that. It's for lazy. Okay, yes. Here is actually, there's my list. Um, one of them was Mermaid Magic through a grimoire blog or Wild Witchery, Wild spelled with a, with a Y, which was a really neat website. There wasn't a lot of information. Mostly it was pamper yourself, things like that. There were, I think I found some information on Witchbox. Again, it, a lot of it was what I went through and found as well with other sources is basically, you know, about tide magic and things like that. Um, and then there was just a lot of blogs. And like I said, I apologize. I don't have a lot of clear sources there because a lot of it I'd pick a, a piece here, a piece there, and I've just yeah. cobbled a lot of that together. And I realize now there wasn't really a lot that I had collected. Um, well, I mean, when it's something like that where it, it, there's not a whole lot of super reliable sources, it takes so long to collect any little bit of information, um, especially if you're looking for things that are like repeated and like overlap, something that you, mm -hmm. you see in multiple sources that you can definitely use. It takes a long time to collect it, so at the end of like a super long amount of time, you're like, yeah, that was a lot of work. I got a lot <laughs> of information. So There was. But a lot of it is... If you are not close to an ocean, like I'm not, I'm landlocked, um, a lot of times what you can do is if you have the ability to be near an ocean, you can collect some things for your altar. Um, you can buy some things. Uh, driftwood is a very good thing to have on your altar. Sea glass. Uh, Seawater sea is glass. hard because we you can't really... water indefinitely anyway. Well... What I was going to say is a lot of people, when they're not able to be close to the sea, is they'll collect seawater and they'll let it evaporate. And then they'll scrape the salt and then they can put the pinch of the salt in and kind of recreate the seawater to use it. Oh, okay. Um, seashells are a great way to adorn anything or to work seashell, seashell magic in. A lot of the blogs that I looked on, when they do ocean magic or mermaid magic, if they have a shell that they've collected and it's either not a pretty shell that they want to keep or one that's deteriorated because a lot of times when you get shells they're like just a little smooth piece of something they'll take it and they'll grind it up in their mortar and pestle and then they'll include it either in their sand or in their oh, what a good and idea. things that they burn in their incense and things like that um and you I'll, know i've got a bunch of seashell pieces if you want to do that i probably will if you allow me to have a few oh yeah um one of the mermaid blogs that I saw talked about working seafood into your diet and things like that. I guess just the most you could do to kind of feel like a mermaid. Um, a lot of it was beauty stuff. And I think the last episode I actually talked about a little bit like that. Using um, beauty products that use sea salt in them or kelp powder and stuff like that. So a lot of stuff that just kind of get the feeling or recreate as much of the ocean as you can if you can't be close to the ocean. Now, if you're lucky enough to be near the ocean, you can go out, if you feel comfortable doing it, you can work magic on the beach. Uh, you can do your rituals on the beach. One of them was talking about how 
nothing is more powerful for them than to go out at dusk and to literally draw their circle in the sand and light a small driftwood fire. Oh, that sounds lovely. And perform their magic that way. And that just sounds amazing because they can, they call on the power of the ocean and, oh, how nice. Yes. And so they can really, they really just feel close to it, feel it flowing through them. And that when they do their grounding at the end, they bury their feet in the sand, they can actually feel like the power returning to the ocean. So it's, you know, it's beautiful. Um, a lot of this, if you still are a water spirit, <laughs> you can get a feeling of this sometimes from your local rivers and lakes. I know like we talked about originally when I felt like when I was a teenager that I wanted to dedicate myself to to walking that path I went down by the river and just kind of laid down and took a little bit of river water and rubbed it on my hands and things like that and laid down and kind of meditated by the riverbank um fresh water is my favorite anyway when when we go swimming in lakes or something like that I feel so connected to everything mm -hmm. around me it's beautiful lakes are fantastic for that um because they're their own little ecosystem yeah. that's that's contained um but a lot of cultures not just witchcraft recognize the power of water and the movement of water um, I know in Christianity originally it was the idea that you had to be baptized in living water yeah. or moving water which a lot of like the Baptists and stuff like that still still do that yeah well some of the hard shell ones but most people <laughs> use a, a baptismal or they do sprinkling or uh, they'll just wipe water on a baby's head now. Um, but a lot, some of them, you still have to be emerged in moving in moving water yeah. and then come up from it. So it's one of those things that every culture recognizes the power of water. Well, I mean, regardless of of belief, water is so important in our lives. Mm. Well, I mean, you can't live without it. So. Yeah. So I mean, it's. That makes a lot of sense to me. And it makes a lot of sense to me that water would be a very powerful magic element. But as more comes up in mer mermaid magic or my journey through learning about the sea and working it in, I will update and keep moving through it. Um, definitely check out the book. Like I said, some of it... There's not really like a list of rituals or anything like that. Because that's kind of what I was looking for for somebody who had maybe written mermaid or ocean rituals. Um, but it was a lot of conservation and some of it bordered on pseudoscience. Which there is something that's talking about like the magic and power of dolphins. And somebody who was talking about how they did dolphin healing. Not healing of dolphins, but dolphins <laughs> granting you healing. So to that, I was kind of, that just sounds like that's kind of endangering. Yeah. An animal that doesn't need to be in danger. <laughs> it doesn't need to be in danger because it's already wildly yeah. close to being endangered. Um, so it's, you know, it was a sweet book. But there wasn't a lot of factual things. It had a lot of pretty quotes and it had a, light, a nice feeling to it. That's good. So I suggest checking it out right now if you have... Amazon Prime or Kindle Unlimited. What was that book again? It was. I'm so sorry. <laughs> make me repeat myself. I know. Uh, Mermaid Magic. Magic spelled with a K at the end. By Serene McConnell and Lucy Cavendish. And it was a very nice little compact book. There were a few other 
mermaid books I saw on Amazon. I apologize. I have not yet gotten a chance to review them. I probably will look through them and, you know, have this be an ever-expanding thing. Um, while doing this research, I kind of did my own little mermaid meditation, and it was nice. Um, if there's a request for it, I might actually record it. Um, but it was very, very peaceful to me. That could um, be a good idea. <laughs> well, everyone from my age group, we kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we all kind of were obsessed with mermaids because there were several movies that came out, like Splash and The Little Mermaid and things like that. And we were all very obsessed with mermaids for a while. <laughs> my parents made the mistake of getting an above ground pool for me and I don't think they saw me for three months. <laughs> But um, I'm glad that they do include conservation because I think it, to practice magic in today's world, especially for something as essential in, as the ocean as at risk as our mm -hmm. oceans, um, that that's that has to be a part of it. I um, I honestly believe so too that you have to recognize what a precious and delicate resource the ocean is, and yeah. you have to be very careful. And you know, there's this this lovely idea that I was talking with metal about b before we ever even started doing this podcast this was a while ago and I think it was something that came at least sort of from one of the Terry Pratchett witch books I might be wrong if I'm wrong I'm sure she'll correct me <laughs> uh, but it was this idea that as a witch you should claim the world as yours so it is under your protection and it is mm. your responsibility to do what you can to to protect it and make sure it's it's doing as well as it can with I your like powers. that idea. I think that's wonderful. There is actually something in that I probably should have brought up during the Green Witchcraft book. Um that author, I think her name is Anne Mora, actually encourages community service. Whoops, I didn't mean to smack that. But you know, volunteering to do like trash pickups, helping oh, the less idea. fortunate, you know, a lot of like secular humanism ideals that she believed that it was necessary to incorporate that into your craft. I love that. And there's also this, this specific way of looking at it that I really like because I really enjoy being enthusiastically and like in a positive way, angry about things that makes no sense. But let me give you an example. Like, um, in your community being like, Fuck yeah, this is my community. I'm going to make sure it's doing as well as it can. <laughs> Fuck you. Like, just being being kind of fierce about it, I guess, is like, it's, that's one of my favorite attitudes. I do like that idea. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I think that's a very fun way to incorporate <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, do you have any more on sea or mermaid magic? At this moment, no. Just, I figure this will be an ongoing thing, though, because it, it is, will be. It is it's, a big in, a area of interest for you. It is. Um, you know, just keep in mind that... Is that... That was, that was the cat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, if you listeners could hear a, a long, drawn-out snore, but that was my cat. Like I said, they're all sick. <laughs> it got real cold here. And none of them were ready for it. No. As a family, we weren't ready for it. We all got sick, and then the cats it's a very got sick cold the, <laughs> the week later. It usually takes a little while for all the, the things living in this house to adjust to the temperature change. The cats have been sleeping on the furnace. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
which I think contributed to them all getting sick because it they definitely all, dried them out. All their oh. little nasal passages got dried out, so we had to get the humidifier out and <laughs> put it on. Poor Bast has been sleeping next to the humidifier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I think we'll wrap this up, and uh, we have spooky-ish story. A little spooky story. Yeah, coming up soon. Welcome back to our last segment here on Witch Witch Podcast tonight. This is Galena. Um, This is an experience that happened to me last week. We went to a wizard and witchy festival. Mm Mm-hmm. Was, you, can, you can tell them it was Harry Potter themed. It's fine. Okay, it was Harry Potter themed, <laughs> but there were actual witches there, yeah, which there is what surprised of, me. There I, were quite a few little shops that were represented that like actually sold witching supplies. I don't know the right words. <laughs> metaphysical. Witchery. <laughs> yes, metaphysical supplies. Uh, one was a really neat store called the Enchanted Emporium. Was that? Yeah, yes. I liked them a lot. They were fantastic. I actually bought quite a quite a bit of things from them one item I picked up it wasn't from their store but one item I picked up was this absolutely gorgeous huge hunk of quartz crystal um if you look at our Instagram it was actually posed with Freya one day because she curled up kind of around it and then I tried to take a picture and reposition it, and she just gave me a dirty look, like, what the hell are you doing? This she is mine. She looks a little crazy anyway. She does. She looks insane. There's something about her eyes that, while she is an adorable kitten, her she, eyes... She's super cute, but she looks crazy. ...are just... There's something about them that just looks insane. And, like, I don't know if maybe she's nearsighted or farsighted <laughs> or something, but, like, she looks at you, and it's like she can't quite focus on you. So she just keeps making her eyes bigger and bigger. (laughs) But it's just this absolutely gorgeous piece of quartz. And I had it in my purse. Oh, I'm so sorry. I just shoved that right in your face. Right at me. I was moving around. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, it's this huge hunk of quartz. I'd say it weighs almost a pound. I'd say almost. Like, not quite. Not quite. It's at least half a pound. Yeah. Um, cause it's bigger than palm size. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had it in my purse cause I bought it and it was still in the bag and I hadn't cleansed it or put it under yeah, <laughs> moonlight or sunlight or anything. Well, I mean, I hadn't done anything with it yet, so I hadn't really worried about cleansing it and I had it in my purse Well, it went to work with me. And then on the way home that night, I was driving because my commute's about 30 minutes or so from work every night. And I was on the phone with Lyra and we were talking about, I think, what we were going to do for dinner. And I looked over to where my purse was and there was a person sitting there. (laughs) I didn't really get a look at the person because my throat kind of closed up. Well, I mean, that's, I think that's fair. <laughs> and I got scared and I jerked the wheel, so I almost ran off the road. <laughs> I don't remember exactly, like, what you said or, or did on the phone, but I know you started, it started sounding like you were not quite, like, panicking, but, like, you'd just been, you'd been very surprised. And I was like, what's wrong? What's going on? What's happening? <laughs> I think it was something I was like, okay, okay, they're not there anymore. They're not there anymore. They're not oh, there that's anymore. Right, I thought it was a police officer that was like, because police make you nervous. They do. <laughs> they do make me nervous. 
So I thought, I thought there was like an officer like getting ready to pull you over. And I was like, oh no, she's going to freak out. Well, I was also on my cell phone, which is illegal. Yes. But, but I was. Which you should never do to your listeners. Yeah, don't drive and talk on the cell phone at the same time. But so I was, I was kind of freaking out. And, you know, I looked back over and they were gone. And I was like, oh, oh, thank God. They're gone. They're gone. Or at least I can't see them anymore. And Lyra was like, what is it? I was like, there's a person in the car. At that point, Lyra was like, what do you mean there's a person in the car? Let me make clear to you right now <laughs> that one of my biggest fears while sitting in the front seat of a car is that there's going to be somebody in the back seat when I turn around to look because I want to know if there's somebody in the back seat. Oh, they weren't in the back seat. They were no, in the I passenger know. seat. <laughs> I'm just saying, I want I want them to to know that I already have a thing about an unexpected <laughs> passenger in a car. Like, that's that's already a thing for me. So... By proxy, I was terrified for you. <laughs> yeah, it didn't do it. Didn't do much good for me either. <laughs> I can't imagine. I, uh, so finally, I calmed down and finished driving home. Put that crystal out <laughs> to get cleansed that night. Now, the thing about clear quartz is it is an amplifier, mm-hmm. so it may have just been a spirit that hitched a ride. It could have been that. It could also be something that is already attached to you. Mm-hmm. We have some theories moving in that direction anyway. But, you know, <laughs> it did not do my heart any good. <laughs> cause... Well, you never expect. <laughs> no. Because, like, if I were sitting still, because, like I said, I've had a few experiences over the last, like, couple months where I've seen things either out of the corner of my eye or I've just plain seen them. Um, I just didn't expect it while driving. <laughs> So I think having that big old hunk of quartz amplified whatever it was, and it scared the dickens out of me. Yeah, which is fair. Because <laughs> I didn't expect to look over and just see somebody sitting there. No. Couldn't make out any features about them. Just They were a very large person. like Not like heavy or anything. They just were, they filled just the a big space. Person, yeah. yeah. <sighs> so that was fun. Oh yeah, obviously. All right, but I think I think it's time to wrap up. Yeah, it's about time to wrap up. Because um, I, I believe we're probably over an hour now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we want to remind everybody that you can reach us on our Instagram at Witch Witch Podcast, um, our Twitter at Witch Witch Pod, and our Tumblr at Witch Witch Podcast as well. And our Gmail is witchwitchpodcast at gmail.com. Um, contact us with spooky stories, questions, suggestions, corrections... Uh, matters of interest that you would like us to discuss or look into. Um, anything really. Yeah. Come talk to us. Come talk to us. We already fun. like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody did contact us and let us know that they set things on fire. What? <laughs> you told them, you know, to commit arson a couple episodes ago. Oh my god, did I? Yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, you told him to like set things on fire. I'm not going to say I didn't do it because I probably did. I just don't remember doing it. <laughs> <sighs> A short story or long story short, just don't listen to me. <laughs> just don't don't do the things I say. God. All right. Uh but we'll sign off with you guys now. Um don't think about the fluttering sounds behind you in the dark. Ugh. That's more specific to us. There's yeah. a fluttering sound in our 
our neighborhood that we cannot pinpoint it freaks us out (laughs) (laughs) so that might just freak us out or somebody who has a problem with butterflies (laughs) stay spooky keep your tits up